Chapter 10, The Counselor What bothers you the most, Ira? Ira sat with this question for some time, chewed on it, sucked on it like a flavored lollipop. Let it sit, let it ruminate for a while. At last. Well, that's an awfully broad question now, isn't it? Let me rephrase the question. The man in the button-down dress shirt and leather cowboy boots across from him shifted in his seat and snapped his thin wrist like a recovering Tourette syndrome patient. What's been bothering you this past week? Well, let's see. Quite a few things. The skinny man in the leather cowboy boots shifted his position in the plush blue sofa chair again. Tell me about some of them. I'm trying to gather all these thoughts, corral them, I guess. Ira could see the thoughts and problems as blurry red and green Christmas lights circling and edging along the periphery of his mind. He could see himself, his other dreamlike self, reaching out and trying to bring them close into his chest and attempt to absorb them. Well, for starters, I'm tired of being a nobody. Say more about being a nobody. Well, he looked outside his counselor's office through the blinds, looked at the nearly empty parking lot. The lines painted on the cement to section off the cars were shockingly white. The spaces were also very narrow, allowing for only compact vehicles. On a busy day like tomorrow, an SUV or a minivan would have a damn near impossible parking task. You know, I've just sacrificed a lot. I am sacrificing a lot doing this writing business. It's mentally and emotionally exhausting, and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. You would consider this writing your full-time job, correct? Without the monetary compensation, that is. And you don't want to pursue a part-time job now because all my attention needs to be focused on the writing. That is of paramount importance. You're uncompromising, the counselor asked for clarification. Uncompromising, yes. So, again, the counselor shifted the position of his ass in the sofa chair. So, he took a sharp breath and hummed loudly an unrecognizable little tune. Hmm. So, what makes you feel like you're a nobody, Ira? Well, I haven't gotten published yet, have I? I seem to remember you mentioning an essay. Yeah, back in high school. But that doesn't count, does it? I mean, something real. A short story published in a literary magazine. A novel published by Random House then you will have made it. Yes, Ira confirmed, nodding his head. Once I've accomplished that, I will have officially made it. It all will have been worthwhile, all this sacrifice. Hmm. The counselor's puckered face, accompanied by the sharp flick of his left wrist and the recrossing of his legs, provided a great comedic effect. In the throes of his concerns and thoughts, Ira fought the sudden and irresistible urge to laugh. And so, 
tell me more about this sacrifice. Well, I've sacrificed a lot of my lifetime, haven't I? I could have pursued some business venture and begun the arduous yet rewarding process of working my way up. I could have pursued further education and looked at getting a graduate degree. I could have been more ready to propose to Sandra, maybe start a family, have a couple of kids with a stable job, a somewhat stable job. I could have been a contender. Huh? Ira asked. Never mind. Continue. I just feel like I've given up a lot to do what I'm currently doing, and nothing is coming from it. Mm-hmm. 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 The counselor had grabbed a book from his nearby shelf and was cradling the book with his hands, eyeing the back cover. Face down, he asked. Remind me, Ira, how long have you been at this this writing business? Uh, let's see. It'll be about three years now. Almost three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost three years, I see. Mm-hmm. Do you... Let's see. Do you feel like it's easy for you to compare yourself to other writers? Other writers? Sure. Their creative process, their work, the amount of time it takes them to finish and publish their work. Well, yeah, it is. It's just unbelievably easy to compare myself to people in general. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, sure. As if on cue, Ira asked his counselor, What's the book? Oh, this? The counselor flipped the book over, so the front cover faced him. The Purpose Driven Life. Phenomenal book. It touched my life profoundly, as it has also done to quite a few of my friends and clients. Have you read it? Nope, Ira remarked mechanically. Can't say that I have. Tongue touching his cheek, his counselor offered him the book. You go ahead and borrow that. Is there a certain time you'd like it back? The counselor shook his head. You take as long as you like with that one. I'm sure I have a few more copies floating around somewhere. Well, thanks. Don't mention it. You see, Ira, as easy as it is for us to compare ourselves to other people or compare our writing with another person's writing, that's not how God wants us to live our lives, in one man's humble opinion. He created us uniquely and for a special purpose, a purpose all to our own. Right. I believe that with your Christian faith and your writing pursuits, this will be a helpful book for you. Thanks, except I'm not a Christian. Oh, I'm so sorry, Ira. I must have forgotten, his counselor admitted. I thought for sure. I was raised Christian, attending church, summer camp, and mission trips. My family is Christian, and some of my friends are Christian, but I'm not a Christian. My mistake, Ira, my mistake. And with the final chair shifting of that specific session, the man said, I still think with your Christian upbringing that this would be a helpful book to check out. At least try it out and let me know what you think. Ira nodded resolutely. And do you think it would also help me with my feelings of uselessness, sacrifice, and being stagnant? Yes. 
His counselor nodded in quick and jerky movements. Sure, yes, yes. I believe it will, sure. 